0: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
1: Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
2: We're approaching the spookiest time of the year, everybody. I'm not just talking about bloody tax time, because for Caravan of Garbage, this holiday season...
1: I don't have another award to give you. The last time I gave you the award for the millionth time that joke has been done, and I don't, I ran out of balloons. So, I don't know. I guess we wait for two million, so, you know... Three I, or four more weeks and I, you'll be up to that. I think
2: that video is also coming up. I okay, don't think that's right. even out yet, but that's fine. So look, we're getting a new Ghostbusters movie That's true. yet again. They've made it. They made it. Reviews are in. There's a boy called Podcast in it or something. I haven't seen it yet.
1: <laughs> no, I haven't seen it either.
2: I am looking forward to it though, but I got to say, I'm not a massive Ghostbusters fan. So what we're going to be doing, we're going to be going through the Ghostbusters sclerology scrilogy. That's scary in Trilogy, even though they're not that scary mm. and it's not really a trilogy. And
1: Skrillex isn't in any of them as far as I know, unless there's a little
2: kid called Skrillex also. in <laughs> the new one, but I haven't seen it.
1: Anyways, leave a like. If a, what if there's a little kid called Dubstep? There might be.
2: There could very well But I mean, look, if it was 2014, there would be a little boy <laughs> called Dubstep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but leave a like if you could, because we are, of course, starting out with the classic that kicked it all off. That's right. 1984's Ghostbusters. Number one.
1: Big number one.
2: Now, you are a massive Ghostbusters fan. Is that correct? That's true. Did I say am. Ghostbusters then? Maybe say let's try it again. Try yeah. it again. Right. Now, you are a massive Ghostbusters fan. <laughs> that one was intentional. Now, you are a massive Ghostbusters fan. Is that correct? That's true.
1: I've seen Ghostbusters maybe more than. Any other film?
2: Even okay. Police Academy 6, which you've seen 12 times in a day or something? I've seen
1: Police Academy 6 24 times. It's not important. <laughs> the reasons are not important, James, but I think I have seen Ghostbusters more times than that, yeah. Okay. I, I, I uh, saw it on TV as a kid mm-hmm. and uh, I loved it just because it's 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 fun, good time Ghostbusters, you know? It is, it
2: is fun, good time. And look, going back to this, it's, it's a real oddity. Mm-hmm. And but what's interesting to me about this, and I just only touched on this briefly because I'd love for you to talk about it more. It began even more expensive and much much odder.
1: Yeah, I mean, it began uh, as as ghost smashes, mm-hmm. as uh, as some drafts of the script recall. But Dan Aykroyd, uh, his family was like super into mystical stuff. Yeah. So like,
2: and now he, he's fine. He's normal. He doesn't. No- he says normal things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he sells normal vodka in normal <laughs> bottles. But so his. His father wrote a book called *The History of Ghosts*. Yeah. His mother had claimed to see ghosts. Mm-hmm. I think his his grandmother claimed that she sp- could speak to the dead, and I think his great grandfather he was a mystic. Okay. He was, he was a dentist, but he was also a mystic, and he he um he held seances to like uh, see if he could speak to the dead. He um I think he had some correspondence with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Right. Okay. The writer of the Sherlock Holmes. Uh, stories because they both shared an interest in mysticism and the
0: occult and, and the occult and all that yeah. sort of stuff.
1: So like his household was all about this kind of stuff. But also I think he, you know, he also loved movies and Hollywood and all that sort of stuff. And like the golden years of Hollywood, there are a bunch of like, you got a comedic actor and, yes. and they, and they encountered some ghosts and spooky stuff. Like There's, Abbott and Costello. Abbott, Costello whatever, there yeah. was like a Bob, some Bob Hope movies where he, you know, you encountered some spooky situations, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So I think he kind of wanted to combine the two, mm. but he also wanted to like, he wanted it to be a vehicle for, you know, a couple of his friends as well. So he, he wrote it for specifically himself, John Belushi and Eddie Murphy. Yes. That's as right. like a, as like a trio. But what's interesting is the original script is, is, has quite a few similarities to the what eventually came up on screen like their, 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 the ghost smashes or the ghostbusters or, or whatever they were going to be called mm. they were still like blue collar guys in jumpsuits and it was still kind of like you know just a just a dirty job but somebody's got to do it mm. but also it was set in the far-flung future of the year 2012 <sighs> and it was also like covering time and space and dimensions and yeah they were flying out into space and and all sorts of Kind of crazy stuff it was like an like an intergalactic adventure kind of thing, and so he brought this to uh Ivan Reitman, who was like, "This is too much. We cannot do this. This is a
2: three hundred million dollar movie." Yeah, essentially, and, that's, yeah. And,
1: and movies don't even make that money currently, <laughs> so this will absolutely not happen. So he brought in uh, Harold Ramis, yeah, who had, had written, I think, on on Stripes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the uh like the the army comedy with Bill Murray. Also, it was
2: the in the army now of its day. That is yes. <laughs>
1: Yep, <laughs> terrific. And then they basically all worked on it together uh, and and came up with kind of a more, very much more grounded kind of yes. thing, which I think absolutely works. In its way. Totally. I mean, and, and, and you know, production-wise, of course, John Belushi did pass away yep. while Dan Aykroyd was writing it, which is very sad. Mm. And then uh, Eddie Murphy was doing Beverly Hills Cop, I think, yeah. and that would have clashed. So they they brought in uh, Bill Murray, of course, mm-hmm. to take uh, Belushi's role, and then uh, Harold Ramos was just like, I'd like to be in this. <laughs>
2: Oh, so. well, he's my favourite character in this because what I love about... Well, all of these guys, but I guess him in particular, he, he plays it so straight. Mm. And they are just normal kind of knockabout kind of losers. And they have backgrounds in academia. Of sorts. Of sorts. But then you look at Bill Murray and it's just like... He's just been collecting a cheque, just doing nothing yeah. clearly since university.
1: What's interesting because according to him, he has degrees in parapsychology. And regular and psychology. And regular psychology. <laughs> and I, but, but they're they're both... Depicted with such disdain, and I think maybe that was the point. Like, there was a point in the '80s where people like psychologists, as if,
2: yeah, so (laughs) nonsense. So I
1: don't know, but yeah, he's just this sort of yeah, like just he's just sort of this guy who's been grifting through academia. At one point, uh, uh, Ray says to um, to Venkman, "You've never been outside of college." That's like. (laughs) You, this dude's fifty. What are you? <laughs> well, he's always
2: looked fifty. That's the funny thing. They're all like mid to late thirties. These guys, yeah. which is crazy because that's like the age we are now. And mm. I always just assumed that these guys were always fifty-five years yeah. old. You know? But yeah,
1: you're right. The humor derives from like yeah, we, we got one grifter. We got one guy who's like super earnest and excited, which is kind of like Dan yeah. Aykroyd's whole deal. Yeah, uh, we've got the deadly serious Egon, mm. whose who's humor is is you know comes from this idea of like. He's, he's taking this so seriously. There's no room for jokes or fun in this.
2: Well, one of my favourite lines in this is where I think Bankman says to him, this is like the time you tried to drill a hole in your head. And he said, that would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. Yeah. And look, I don't know what he was doing there, but assuming he was just trying to drill a hole in his head, yeah, that would have worked if somebody <laughs> yeah. didn't stop him. That,
1: that drill would have gone all the way through. Yeah, and then, of course, we get Ernie Hudson as just, yeah. just a guy who's willing to...
2: Just take a check. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just,
1: it's, it's New York and jobs are probably hard to come by. So he's going to, he's going to take this job. And again, like that combination, I've always loved this idea of like, you know, these, these absolutely huge supernatural forces Mm. just combined with just, just a grimy, awful (laughs) New York, just a regular New York with people yelling out of windows and whatever. And just like, just these people messing with forces beyond human comprehension. Yeah. But by the end, they're just like these. Just, just some, just these blue collar tired dudes like plumbers, just like, or like, like the original script, just like rat catchers or, yeah, or exactly. pest controllers. Did they just over the top of like the ectoplasmic containment unit, just smoking cigarettes? I <laughs> don't care anymore.
0: You
2: know, yeah, I love that. I love they're just in grimy overalls. You know what I mean? And mm. they're, and they're also like, they're not great guys in general. They are in it for for money, obviously. Mm. There is the scientific aspect of it, but I guess it's more the. The, the Venkman character, but like he, he sucks. Like he's like openly <laughs> hitting on everybody all of the time. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But the way that they kind of get around that is the villains are so like bureaucracy and like the Dean is kicking them out and Walter Peck's like, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to shut them down or whatever. I, I love mm. all of that. Where so despite them, you know, just being tired and like struggling with flights of stairs and falling <laughs> over each other. They're, be- they're slightly oh, they're better that, than everyone else. That
1: great moment where they, they and, you know, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but the, the moment where they arrive at the Ivo Shandor's haunted building and, you know, the, the final yeah. confrontation, and all the crowds are cheering <laughs> for them and they're there and they've got the sirens on and people are chanting Ghostbusters and then they go into the building and they're like... Oh
2: geez, there's a lot of stairs in this building. <sighs> Look us. at this matte painting; it goes forever. Right, <laughs> but yeah, like you mentioned, though, I love how like tactile and and gross the world is, and it is like the ghosts element of that. I love the, seeing the behind the scenes because a lot of it is like puppeteering which they then for for lack of a better word cut and paste into like into the live action Mm. footage but even like the city and the cars and the tech and like you mentioned just like smoking cigarettes with sweaty armpits you know what i mean (laughs) yeah just 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 so great and i love that also uh, so much of this is improv or apparently it is anyway like they had the rough idea but the fact that i think a lot of movies just go into it and I think the newer one is probably, as in the 2016 one, is probably guilty of this. It's just like, just just the improv and riff and we'll kind of we'll find it in the edit. Mm. And that often falls down. Yeah. But we'll, there's so much here that they will, they could piece together into something, you that's know? That's true. Uh, it's so weird as well. It's just a weird... Like, I'm, it, it's, it's hard looking at it now, mm-hmm. considering that, like... Yeah, we've had so much since then. But in 1984, like, movies were like The French Connection and whatever. And I know there was Star Wars, but this is even, like, a level weirder than Star Wars. There were two Star types Wars.
1: of movie. <laughs> the French Connection and Star Wars. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, like... There's another dimension in the fridge, the Ecto-1, like as a concept, I love. There's the bit where Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob from a ghost in, in a, a dream. dream. But mm-hmm. it's a deleted scene and that was a full thing that really happened. That's originally. true. Originally. But even things like like when they have to confront a god at the end and they're just like, oh, I don't know about this, <laughs> you know. And there's just like demon dogs and giant marshmallow men. Just all of that. It's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't work like this should have come out and it should have been like what's that movie with uh r.i.p.d that is a great example yeah i think r.i.p.d tried to do that but what's a movie from the 80s with um one's a cowboy and one's the robocop guy and what
1: you know oh um <laughs> oh uh the uh, peter well is in it yeah it's the um it's got a long name yep oh uh the adventures of buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension yes there we go this
2: could have very well oh, just become yeah. that you know yeah.
1: But I think it's the strength of the characters. Yeah. I think it's the strength of, like, the relationships. Like, we get all the performances, like we mentioned, all the, all the main guys, great. We get Sigourney Weaver as someone who she she can't explain what's happening, but she also doesn't believe anything else anybody else is telling her. Like, and why would you? Like, Bankman's over and he's like, well, it's probably a, a, probably a supernatural spooks. And she's like, you're a creep and a liar right? i don't believe you why you know
2: <laughs> even when they kiss at the end like it doesn't feel oh no i think I, I, no I, they're kind of like their no. pursed lips and it's just like what i don't like this
1: look all i'm so look the one the one credit i'll give to the Vankman, he doesn't take advantage of her when she becomes exactly a little, yeah but at the same time he does have like a bunch of thorazine in his pocket to to
2: well i looked into this and that has been since used as a date rape drug but it wasn't like known for that at the time
1: Well I Look if we're gonna I, I, I'm i wondering Because I think at the time It might be It is
2: weird he has it on him. It
1: is weird It is weird that he has it on him I'm wondering because Sometimes they used to Prescribe it for ADHD Or ADD mm. As it was called at the time So maybe it was his Oh okay Or yeah. maybe it was Ray's Maybe he stole Ray's Yeah you if might If there's one right? character In this movie That might have ADHD <laughs> It's the guy going like Wow this place has got a fire pole Wee.
2: <laughs> I love that it's got a fly pole. Yeah. That's like that station as well. Incredible, right? Yeah, what, yeah. what a location. I know, what a right? find. Yeah.
1: Uh, Rick Moranis is oh, just uh just the best. Just uh just a beautiful, just a beautiful loser living his best <laughs> life. Just
2: that was supposed to be John Candy originally, wasn't oh, it? Oh yeah. 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 He That's was, right. I think he was gonna play it like German and whatever, and they were like, no, thank you. And they okay. so if you look at all the storyboards, it's all like yeah, yeah. It it all looks like John that's Candy, true. yeah. Uh,
1: Moranis gets a lot more play in the sequel, so we'll, we'll probably yes. get to that. Uh, Annie Potts as as Janine. Just do they, the, do they
2: throw away that kind of love story between her and um, Egon? Yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Because that becomes more like a mm. that 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 that's not that, that's not looked at at all in the second one, is it? No, for those two. Yeah.
1: No, but I think it may be addressed in Afterlife. Oh, again, okay, a movie right. We haven't seen yet. Um, just as this overworked, uh, again, just 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 happy to do the job, but. My God, is she sick of what's happening here? Yeah, and uh, just one. Every, look, everybody, but like one more major one. Everybody, including like the guy at the at the Cedric Hotel, like smoking a cigar at the bottom of the elevator shaft, is yeah. just like, I'll take the next one. That guy, <laughs> that guy's great. But also like uh, William Atherton as as Peck, incredible. Just this, just this barely. contained fury of this EPA guy who's clearly had to do this a thousand times, but now there's ghosts as well. Yeah. And he's right too. Yeah, he's
2: totally right.
1: That reactor that reactor <laughs> storage containment thing, that was going to explode no matter what. If they hadn't switched that off, it would have gone up the next week anyway. I totally, Because yeah. it was
2: full. It was full of ghosts. Full of ghosts. I've got some amazing trivia about that guy. Uh, I also want to make mention of the song, which is incredible. It's an incredible song. Well,
1: yeah, I mean... I. I Maybe, maybe you probably know this, but uh, obviously Huey Lewis and his News, yeah, uh, they were approached to do that mm. uh, a, a theme for Ghostbusters because they did Back to the Future. Those a couple yeah. of songs for Back to the Future, including you know the Power of Love, which is a lovely song about the power of love. It's a curious and, thing. And yeah. Out of Time, which is the very specific one where it's like <laughs> I'm getting on my skateboard, I'm getting in a car, we're going through time. I'm
2: Marty McFly. Oh no, I'm in the old west. Yeah, I love that song. <laughs>
1: uh, but uh, I think Huey Lewis didn't want to be known as like a soundtrack guy. I just okay. be like typecast as a guy who know just you you just you just get him for soundtracks and nothing else. Ah so he declined. So they got Ray Parker Jr. Mm. And then I think he was sued because it apparently it seems too it's it's too similar. But I don't feel that at all. Really? Yeah maybe at the time maybe there was a lack of this sort of kind of like you know sort of new wave pop
2: vibe going on. No I didn't Uh, get that sense at all. And look I haven't looked I haven't lined the notes up. (laughs) I'm not i I'm not a musically inclined person, Mm. but no I didn't get that sense. There's also some other like
1: very interesting like spooky new wave music and you know there's the scene where they um all the ghosts escape and it's got that kind of vague like mm. it's, magic. Yeah. it's magic yeah that's a that's a that's a cool track and it's like difficult to find the guy's name is Mick Smiley okay and he and he made that song and then he, he wrote some other songs for some other artists and he kind of like quietly disappeared off the music scene he like kind of magic.
2: like oh, it's like it's magic <laughs> <laughs> Ghost running a muck in New York. I could just watch that all day. Yeah. And it's interesting because like a lot of that stuff is quite janky and seems yeah. like the demon dogs like stop motion their way around. Yeah. Like it's not good, but, it's also, but it doesn't it's, matter yeah, at all. But it's
1: also what what I love about the mythology is that and, – and this is – this
2: Terror dogs, I should say as terror well. Terror dogs, yeah.
1: <laughs> what I think is interesting about the, the mythology is we get so many hints to a lot of stuff, but it's never fully explored and it's – that's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think these days – Every reference to you know uh, torgs and, and and giant slaws and etc. has yeah. to be exp- would have to be explained somehow. But in this, it's just like there's demons and there's also people coming back from the dead, like the dead that dead cabbie yeah, is coming I th- back. Yeah,
2: I think that's better though than yeah. being like, well, okay, so Slimer was a regular man and now he looks like this is a ghost. But even though some <laughs> ghosts don't look like that, some ghosts just look like decomposing taxi drivers yeah. or whatever. But like, you don't don't get into it because the more that you do. The, the dumber it gets. The, That's true. The, you know? And I think because this movie... But to answer your question, James,
1: mm-hmm. a torb is like a giant eel, but it's got arms. Okay, yeah, it's that like was a giant my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But, like, by not touching on any of that, you know, you... And, well, you don't need to because... Hmm. Sorry. You don't need to touch on any of that, though, because the characters and the story move so well that you hmm. don't think about it. Be like, wait a minute, this doesn't... How does he, How does is he eating <laughs> hot dogs? <laughs> um, did, You probably know about this, though. Because you're the number one Ghostbusters fan. And if anyone's in here thinking that they're the number one Ghostbusters fan, I don't know what to tell you. Nick Mason's going to stab you for saying that. Leave a like to prove <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a controversy surrounding the name. Filmation owned the rights to a show in the 70s called The Ghostbusters. Three words,
1: The Ghostbusters. Yes. Yeah.
2: So the plan was initially to film... Uh, both versions, as in, like, we'll get everybody chanting Ghostbusters. The crowd, yeah. We'll put the Uh sign up saying Ghostbusters. Then we'll set everything up again and we'll go with Ghostbreakers. And we'll Mm. just do that every time. And very early on in filming, they just went, we're not doing this. Like, this is going to take forever. So they had to work something out legally, and it turns out that the guy who ended up being the head of Filmation – Worked on this for a time and and like waved it through. Luckily,
1: yeah, and I mean, I think it still cost them half a million dollars, but they, they yeah. eventually got it through. Yeah, and of course, this this of course led to mm. the the live action TV series, the Ghostbusters becoming an, an animated series, which led to the had a ad- gorilla
2: in it. I was so confused. A haunted as a kid. car, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, and th- which then led to the animated adaptation of this Ghostbusters being called the Real Ghostbusters, yeah. which is explained in story. James, why
2: is he blonde though?
1: I mean, for, for action figure purposes. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, it's just four Bill Murray's. That's a good point. <laughs> no, well, no, it's three Bill Murray's and a. And a... You're
2: not going to get those likenesses right. No, are it's three Bill, Bill Murray's and is... an Ernie Hudson. But Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Would you like some trivia, but ghost trivia? Yes. As I've named this section. Yeah. So Slimer was supposed to be based on John Belushi, right? Okay, yeah. And there's an interesting documentary on Netflix among many that talk about, you know, these movies. But. At th- the very last minute, they were like, "Can you make this look like John Belushi?" And he's like, well, "It's tomorrow. Like I c- we're filming <laughs> it tomorrow. I can't." Uh-huh. So when they came in, he just went, "Yeah, I did it." And they went, "Great, looks just like him." <laughs> I just love that idea. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> he's got he's got hot dogs falling out of his butt just like John <laughs> Belushi did. <laughs>
2: Uh, Winston also was going to have a much bigger role, obviously, because it was written for Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. But when Bill Murray came on, it's like, oh, we've got a funny guy. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll give most of the stuff to that.
1: Apparently when uh, Reitman and Ramos brought Bill Murray in, you know, to the project and they're like, uh, do you want to do a pass on this script? He's like, no, you guys got it. It's fine. <laughs> I'll just do whatever. <laughs> but again, Ramos had, had written for Bill Murray and Stripes. So yeah. they're like, I think we got the voice of this guy. So. Yeah,
2: they'll figure it out. So, yeah, the moment where Benkman gets slimed, that was supposed to be – Winston, Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of stuff like that that, you know, and Ernie Hudson wasn't particularly happy about because it's like in the script it says that I'm doing this, but now I'm entering the movie like 50 minutes in or whatever, which, you know, I can understand. But he does get, you know, he does return for the sequel, which is something. Uh, Pee-wee Herman was going to be Gozer at one point. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't think that's as good. I like the idea of like a gender fluid kind of god that's just like, "Hey, what's up? What's going?" Like David Bowie esque. Yeah, kind of for sure. Yeah, yeah. Nightmare creature.
1: I wonder also like Pee Wee Herman. I think maybe would have thrown people out of the movie. At I that think point. so. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, he can do other.
2: Oh th- I mean, definitely. Stuff, yeah, that's but, probably true.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still,
2: yeah, I, I agree. But he was at the peak of his Pee Wee Hermanness. It was at the peak of his Pee. This isn't a joke. This <laughs> is going in the extended version. Terrific. <laughs> I didn't have anywhere to go with that. Uh-huh. Okay so Harvey Comics the creator of Casper sued the producers claiming the ghost in the logo was too close to Casper so the court ruled against them stating that there were only so many ways you could draw a ghost That's true Which yeah. I guess and also it's got a pointed head and Casper's got a round head That's true yeah. and
1: and you know the Ghostbusters logo ghost is a generic ghost whereas Casper is a boy who died <laughs> he tragically died he fell down a well is that and true? he drowned No I don't know I don't know how he <laughs> I don't remember that movie and they never explain it in the in the children's comics. Yeah. Strangely they never explain how the boy died.
2: Interesting, really interesting. It's not it's not Richie Rich's corpse, just no, to be clear. That was that that's a that's a theory that's been posited, hasn't it? Now this is all William Atherton trivia from here on out, Mason. This is Walter Peck. Yes. Okay, great. So for the, the, the big marshmallow man, the stay puffed marshmallow man, which I always just assumed was a real product that we never got in Australia, but it's a combination of like the Michelin man and the Pillsbury Doughboy and whatever, isn't it?
1: Well, yes, it is. Well, speaking of, just as a side note, speaking of products we didn't get in Australia, mm. when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the idea of the Twinkie
2: because we didn't get it. Twinkie. Oh, yeah, right. Of course, there was,
1: there was you know, they, they they eat and enjoy Twinkies in that movie. Yeah. But we didn't get them until like several years later. And I remember. At being at the supermarket with my mum and being like, can we can we please have these Twinkies? I would, I would I've been dreaming about these twink- Twinkies for my. I'm time. the number one Ghostbusters fan. I'll, I'll Ghostbusters stab anybody who, who says I'll, I'll it I'll otherwise. I'll stab you, mum. <laughs> but please, 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 can have these Twinkies? We got like a big packet of like ten Twinkies, and I put just I I, un- I undid the packet at home and I just put the first one in my mouth and I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> these are the worst thing. These are these are physically unpleasant. It's
2: the fake cream that gets is. Me, yeah.
1: just go to a bakery. Go to a anything's, bakery. Anything's better than Twinkies, honestly. <laughs>
2: And they don't last forever. That's a myth. That's true. That's a myth, Mason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, they used shaving cream for the uh, stay puffed marshmallow man when he exploded, right? Yeah. It's also interesting that Bill Murray has like no shaving fo- foam on him, like at all, really. And everybody else is just soaked in it. Uh, so, before the big drop on William Atherton, the actor asked uh, Reitman if it was going to hurt. And he said, he didn't know. But one person we know did have an allergic reaction to the shaving foam. So, what they did, they unleashed 75 pounds of shaving foam onto a stuntman to prove it was fine. And it completely flattened. Yeah. <laughs> so they took out half of the shaving cream.
1: Seventy-five pounds of shaving cream is quip, it still weighs seventy-five pounds? It's that yeah,
2: exactly. Like, it's that ton of bricks, ton of feather situation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So they took half of it out, and then they they went from there. Uh, but th- this, I think, is my favorite bit of trivia, and I th- absolutely think that William, a- and I absolutely think that William Atherton has like come around to this since, and he plays like a sleazebag in Die Hard and whatever, you true, know. Yeah. But uh. Ivan Reitman recalls running into William Atherton, who plays Walter Peck, about a year after the film came out. Instead of warmly greeting Reitman, Atherton was genuinely angry and upset, telling the director that he couldn't go into a bar without people wanting to pick a fight with him. People would also (laughs) scream at him in public. Likewise, Ramis recalls Atherton telling him about a time when he was walking in in downtown New York and a bus full of tourists tourists yelled dickless at him. There there it is.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, that, look, and, you know, that's a mark of a great character. I though, agree. And a, and a great performance of that character because you're like, that's a character you, you, you love to hate. But he's right. He's right, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I want to talk about box office before we wrap things up. Let's and do it. You might be thinking, like, why do they keep making these, you know?
1: Sure. What are they
2: doing? Uh, the reason is because Columbia Pictures, their highest-grossing film of all time uh, when adjusted for inflation, is this. So it cost 30 million. Half a million of that was for the name Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it made 295 million at the box office. Which is, I believe,
1: the highest grossing comedy of all time at that point. Really?
2: Yeah. I wonder if it's still, it's probably one of the hangovers right now. Probably one of the hangovers. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but here's something I thought was incredible. So Bill Murray only agreed to do the movie if Columbia financed a remake of The Razor's Edge. Uh, so this was like a World War I drama. Or okay. something? I don't know. I, I haven't watched it. Anyway, had a very mixed reception, it made $6 million at the box office on its $12 million budget. Ooh. So there you go. People would just rather see Bill Murray roll in at literally the last minute, which is what he did. They didn't know whether he was going to show up on yeah, the right. day and then just be like... I don't know. I just say whatever. I guess sure. <laughs> I'm just gonna insult everybody on set. Uh-huh. I'm gonna keep moving. Yeah. Terrific. All in all, um, it is definitely the pinnacle of this series. Yeah, I think it kind of is. And so. I kind of wish it was a one and done. I think yeah. there's some other good stuff in other properties. Like since then, and it's, and it's always nice to see those characters. Totally. Whether
1: it be in a sequel or a video game or th- this new thing. Yeah. Some of them are going to be in that. I guess. Yeah. Um. Oh, just some, just just some miscellaneous things that I forgot about. The the librarian is also great. Oh, a line, yeah. a line reading of like, um, my "Father thought he was Saint Jerome." All <laughs> oh, right, <Yeah.
2: laughs> uh, what a world!
1: And also, I love, the, I love. There's a couple of moments where it nearly becomes a musical. Did you notice that? No, it just nearly becomes. a oh, musical. Oh, when they're
2: on the steps of. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's wild. That must be every
1: single. Time, I've seen that movie so many times, but every time I see that, I think it's going to be like, "Call it faith, <laughs>
2: call it hope, <laughs> call
1: it," and then it's, but then it's just not
2: a. It's just not a musical. It's just not. Anyways, it's been Caravan of Garbage. We do this here every week. We'll be back next week to talk about Ghostbusters Number Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghostbusters go bananas. That's right in NYC. That's right because they heart NYC, don't they, yeah, Mason? We, you better believe it. It's actually the one that I saw first, so I have a lot of fond memories for it. But I haven't seen it in decades. It is.
1: It is the first Ghostbusters I saw in the cinema. Okay, so, sure. Uh, yeah, that big big cinema experience for me. Mm. Uh, and let me tell you, I loved it. <laughs> do I still love it? Don't know. <laughs>
2: Uh, but if you do have any suggestions for Caravan of Garbage, please leave them below. And if you do like seeing these early, because maybe you do, if you head over to bigsandwich.co, you sign up. It's like our Patreon, it's $9 a month. There's bonus podcasts, there's movie commentaries, there's early videos. Uh, there's just a bunch of stuff going on there if you are interested, including our podcast, The Weekly Planet, where we talk movies and comics and TV shows, goes out ad free a day early on Sunday as opposed to Monday. Terrific. I'm at Mr. Sunday Movies on Twitter. I'm at Wikipedia Brown on Twitter. And we think Ghostbusters is the good first one is good it's good that's what we think good movie yeah all right let's go grab that Jeremy guys we'll see you next week goodbye this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network visit
1: planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates
2: I mean if you want It's, it's up to you hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter